Bibles, open them up to, yes. Uh-huh. Amen. Yes. Amen. Amen. The Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost always shows up. Amen. When we're hungry. Hallelujah. Open uh, your Bibles to Proverbs 18.10. Proverbs 18.10. I have another barn burner here. Amen. Speaking about the barn burner, uh, Jackie's here. The Hope Barn is having a service on the 15th, right? 15th. So you all are invited to that. And who's preaching that day? Uh, Scott and Jody Reed. Reed. Scott and Jody Reed. All right. And I'm going to be coming back in September to the Hope Barn. So, All right, great. Proverbs 18.10, are you all there? All right, here we go. Listen to this. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it and are safe. Man, the Holy Spirit brought this verse to my remembrance this week as I was walking around and praying in the sanctuary. He began to illuminate or highlight different words in that verse to talk about. How many of you know we are living in a time when we need God's divine protection on our life? Amen? Things are ramping up in the spirit realm. Things are ramping ramping up in the natural realm. And we are in the last of the last days. I don't know if you know that or not, but we are in the last of the last days. We need to know and focus on the fact that we have divine help from our Heavenly Father. Did you know that? And the entire kingdom of God in the spirit realm that will help us to push back evil on this earth. Now, the title of my message is this, simply this, The Name of the Lord. The Name of the Lord. The first word that the Holy Spirit illuminated to me in this verse is simply this, name. Say name. Now, of course, we're talking, this is Old Testament, but it's still, everything in the Old Testament points to Jesus. You know that, right? Everything is a foreshadow in in, in pointing back to Jesus. Jesus has been around forever, amen? He's been around forever. So um, so I, I find it interesting, though. This is what the Holy Spirit pulled out. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The name of the Lord. It's interesting. He didn't say the Lord. Do you catch that? Uh, this, okay, so this is something that only the Holy Spirit can, can really illuminate to you, right? That's the importance of having a connection and a relationship with the author of the Word of God. Amen? The Holy Spirit. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The, those words, that word jumped out at me and I couldn't get my focus off of it. That's when you know the Holy Spirit's trying to show you something. When something just stays in your spirit and, and you can't, there's a focus on that one thing. And it's like the words just jump out and slap you in the face, right? That's what happened to me. So you need to understand that Jesus is up in heaven. With his heavenly father. You understand that, right? And he's not coming back to this earth until his second coming. Did you know that? That's when his feet are going to touch the Mount of Olives. Come on, somebody. But until his second coming, he's not coming back. But he has given us. This is what the Holy Spirit showed me. He has given us his name 
to use that carries an authority in heaven and on earth. Amen? So the name of Jesus pulls so much spiritual weight in it that Satan, demons, and the entire kingdom of darkness tremble at the all-powerful name of Jesus. Demons are bound and cast out in the name of Jesus. Angels are released. Ministering spirits are released in the name of Jesus. When you speak the name of Jesus in faith, miracles, signs, and wonders are released. You understand that, right? Sickness and disease must loose its grip and leave a person and leave their body and their soul, mind, will, and emotions in the name of Jesus. When it's spoken in faith. Remember, demonic spirits, Satan, every in the kingdom of darkness, they can tell when there's faith attached to it or not. Remember? We talked about that in a message, a couple messages before. But the name of the Lord is a strong tower. Right? The name of Jesus contains... All of the blessings of salvation in the New Testament or the New Covenant, including the blessing of Abraham, right? Galatians talks about that the blessing of Abraham is ours through Christ, amen? Now listen to this. The names of God in the Old Testament are a powerful way that he has revealed himself to us. Are you ready for this? Jehovah Nisi, the Lord my banner, or listen to this, you want to know what that means? The Lord, my miracle. Does anyone need a miracle in here? He is the God of miracles. Amen? Jehovah Reah means the Lord, my shepherd. The, oh, come on, somebody. The, see, his name is revealing who he is. His name is revealing what belongs to us. Amen? Jehovah Shammah means the Lord is there or the Lord is present. Even when you don't feel him. Jehovah Rapha means this, the Lord that heals. Jehovah Sidkenu means the Lord our righteousness. Jehovah Jireh means the Lord will provide. Jehovah Shalom means the Lord is peace. He is our peace, amen. Jehovah Sabaoth means the Lord of hosts. Jehovah Mikodikasham, good luck on that one, everyone, means... The Lord who sanctifies you or who sets you apart. Now, all of these attributes of God are wrapped up and found in the name of Jesus. Again, the Old Testament points to Jesus. Amen? The name of the Lord is a strong tower. Let's talk a little bit about a tower. If it says the name of the Lord is a strong tower, we need to kind of analyze this tower thing, right? See, I'm kind of giving you some hints. This is how you study the Word of God. You take a word. You study it, right? Here you go. A tower is sturdy. It's strong. And here's something that a lot of people don't think about. It has height. Now, what does that mean? Not only, this implies not only strength, but also that when the name of the Lord is a strong tower, that you are lifted out of the reach of the enemy. You are lifted out of the reach of the enemy or anything that would try to harm you. Now, it's interesting to note that we sit with Christ in heavenly places. He's a tower. His name is a tower. We sit with Christ in what? 
up there in heavenly places. Come on, somebody. Spiritually speaking, which is above the earthly realm. And this is what the Holy Spirit said. You sit with Christ in heavenly places above the earthly realm where all the kingdom of darkness is residing to come against you. You sit, spiritually speaking, above all evil in the realm of the Spirit. you got to understand that. So the name of the Lord is a strong tower. Here's what the Holy Ghost said. Don't come down from that tower. Keep your focus on Him. Keep your mindset on Him. Don't come down from that tower. The moment you come down from that tower, now you're in reach of the enemy. Come on, somebody. Jesus, listen how we're going to tie it in even more. Jesus commanded us to what? Abide in him. Say in. If he commanded us to abide in him, then it's possible to step outside of him. I'm talking to Christians today. I'm not talking to the unbeliever because they have no part of the tower. That tower is only meant for the Christian. Come on, somebody. It is possible for you not to abide in him. It's possible not to remain in that tower. Mm, go to Psalm 91. Let me show you something here. Psalm, Are you picking up what I'm laying down so far? Great. We're laying a nice foundation here. Oh, I love teaching the word. It's powerful. But the Holy Spirit is the teacher. He's the ultimate teacher. Amen. We need the revelation and illumination from the Holy Spirit. That's what opens the word up to us. Those are the things that Jesus said, hey, I got many more things to say to you, but I'm getting ready to go away. But I'm going to send the comforter. I'm going to send the teacher to show you more. That's what it is. The Holy Spirit unravels and shows us more about what the word of God means and how to apply it to our life. Now look at this. Psalm 91 says this. Underline it. He. Okay, now that means a person, okay? But underline he. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I want you to notice it says he who dwells. That word dwells means this, remains, abides, or lives in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of of the Almighty. The secret place is found in Christ. Are you following me? It's, it's not a secret from Christians. It's a secret from the enemy. Why? Because he is a, his name is a tower that lifts you above the enemy. And he can't find you there. Are you, are you hearing me? It refers to God, interesting, as the Most High. He is that tower. He is higher than whatever you are facing right now in your life. He is able and willing to pull you out of the reach from that attack, from that sickness, from that disease, that infirmity, whatever's coming against you. Amen? Now, so it's interesting that God, uh, it talks about God being a tower in Proverbs 18.10. It calls him the most high in Psalm 91. It's because of that height. Listen, it's because of the tallness of his tower. That he cast a shadow. Are you following me? You can't cast a shadow. If I put something flat on the ground, there's not going to be any shadow here. 
but something has to be tall enough to cast a shadow. That protects, delivers, and heals. The Holy Spirit, are you ready for this? The Holy Spirit spoke this to me. You remember in Acts, I believe Acts 5.17, it talks about Peter's shadow healing the sick. Now listen to this. The Holy Spirit said this. May I feel the anointing? Peter's shadow healed the sick because he was in the secret place of the Most High. Listen, even and even Peter's shadow was anointed by the Holy Spirit to heal because that was a sign and a wonder that even the shadow of my people when abiding in Christ is dominant over the attacks of the kingdom of darkness. (laughs) Guys, there is a whole new level of ministry and life that we can walk in on this earth. You want your shadow to heal? Get in the secret place under his shadow. And this is what he said. He said, that's what it means to be an ambassador or a representative for Christ. Because Peter's shadow become God's shadow. Oh, you didn't hear that. Peter's shadow became God's shadow because that's where the anointing comes. Peter's shadow can't do anything. It's the anointing that's on him. And there is a secret place that we can be in. There is such an intimacy that we can be in with the Holy Spirit. Come on. That wasn't just reserved for Peter. I want it all. Amen? Now, here we go. Are you ready for more? The last... Thank you, you too. I appreciate that. Now, listen here. <laughs> I love that one. Okay. The last part of Proverbs 18.10 says this. All right. So we know the name of the Lord is the strong tower. The second part is this. The righteous, underline it. The righteous run to it and are safe. The righteous. Now, the definition of the word righteous means this. You ready? Morally right, justified, or virtuous. All right, now listen to this. Righteousness is like a coin. Say coin. Righteousness is like a coin. It has two sides to it. At Rhema Bible College, when I was down there, one teacher said it this way, and and it's stuck with me forever. He said this, there is a believing side and there's a behaving side. If you're going to abide under that shadow, you've got to have both. Are you following me? Our faith in the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ makes us righteous. In fact, the minute you put, the, the second The millisecond that we put our faith in Christ, you were made righteous. Do you know that, right? Okay, before you did any good work, you were made righteous by faith. All right, spiritually speaking. But the behaving side is this. Be holy, for I am holy. Come on, somebody. Now, here's the deal. Only the remnant shout at that one. Only those who are really hungry for God shout at that one, right? Really, you can tie the two sides of that coin together and say if you truly believe that you're righteous, it will manifest righteousness, come on, in your actions. Why? Because faith without works is dead. Are you following me? That's the two sides of of the coin of righteousness. True righteousness is manifested by faith and and works. Or really, it impacts your thoughts, words, and deeds, which that bleeds over into your actions. Amen? 
So here, here's what you got to understand, ready? There's, you know, we're always talking about those who are caught up in trans, transgenderism having an identity crisis. Well, I'll tell you right now, Christians, a lot of Christians have an identity problem. Because here's why. Righteousness is an identity. They don't know who they are in Christ. And then they, act, they go out and live like the devil. Come on, somebody. Righteousness is an identity. It is who we are in Christ. It is a spiritual reality, and we manifest that spiritual reality in the natural realm by our actions. You following me? If you have, uh, if you have a behaving or an obedience problem toward the Word of God, you have a problem with your thought life. Why? Because you don't see yourself as righteous. That's why you see people just totally go off, you know? You think you're a loser? You're going to act like one. Come on, somebody. You think you're not worth anything? That's how you're going to act. Amen? That is the importance to be careful what you allow into your eye, uh, your eye gates and your ear gates. Because that will influence your thought life and it will bleed into your actions. So your mind, my mind, we must be renewed with the Word of God. We need to know who we are in Christ. That's the only thing. Listen to this. The Holy Spirit said this. The Word of God cleanses, or I like it, flushes the wrong patterns of thinking and wrong belief systems out of your thought life. It's spiritual Drano. And we need it. Look at this world. Look at this world we're living in. You turn on the TV. Come on, somebody. I mean, really? I mean, it's horrible, right? I mean, so we need it. I believe one of the main answers is found in Proverbs 18.10. How do you know How do you know if you're right toward God? I believe one of the main answers is found in Proverbs 18.10. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run. Say run. run. They run to it and are safe. If your heart is right toward God, right? When there is trouble, if you mess up, you will run back to the Lord and not away from Him. Amen? The righteous run to Him. That's why David baffles me. You know, David was a man after God's own heart. And all I'm reading in here, man, David, he had some issues here. This guy was a womanizer. This guy had a guy killed because he wanted his wife. Are you kidding me? (laughs) But, listen, there were consequences for those sins. You do understand that, right? There are consequences with our actions, right? But David ran back to God. He ran back, right? The righteous run to him. The righteous just don't sit around. They just don't walk to God. No, they run back to God. There's a running, amen? So this reveals to us that the righteous... That, that a person that, that really knows their righteousness, their identity in Christ, there is a boldness. There is a confidence. There's a humility. There's a trust. There is a knowledge of God that they know where their help comes from. See, pride says, oh, I can do it all. I don't need God. I can do it all. Now, someone might not say that verbally, but with their actions, they're doing it. Right? Humility says, I need God. My life is a wreck. My life is a mess. I need the Lord Jesus Christ in my life. Go to Psalm 20. Psalm 20. You see, I think we forget a lot of times how much God values our honesty with Him. 
See, that action you did, that sin that you did, it's not hidden from God. He knows it. In fact, he was standing right next to you like this. Are you finished yet? Are you done? Are you going to let me in now? Right? We just got to be honest with God. Why are we trying to hide it? Why are we trying to run from him? Run to him. Because that's your help. That's where your help comes from. Look at Psalm 20, 1 through 9. Here we go. It says, may the Lord answer you in the day of trouble. May the name, there it is. May the name, say name. Name. The name of God of Jacob defend you. May he send you help from the sanctuary and strengthen you out of Zion. May he remember all of your offerings and accept your burnt sacrifice. May he grant you according to your heart's desire and fulfill all your purpose. We will rejoice in your salvation and in the name, say name, Name. of our God, we will set up our banners. May the Lord fulfill all your petitions. Now I know that the Lord saves his anointed. He will answer him from his holy heaven with the saving strength of his right hand. It's talking about Jesus, his right hand. Amen. Jesus sits at the right hand of God. There we go. Oh, I like this. Some trust in chariots, some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. They have bowed down and fallen, but we have risen and stand upright. Save, Lord. May the king answer us when we call. Isn't that beautiful? I want you to notice in a couple of places, it said the name of the Lord our God. Right? He will defend you. We will remember. Say remember. Remember Remember the name of the Lord our God. Everything that that God is, is in his name. Amen? He wants to give you. He wants to manifest everything that he is. He wants to manifest in your life. You understand that? That's why I named this message the name of the Lord. Because his name includes everything you need to live on this earth. Amen? Now, I want you to notice, to be a partaker of these benefits of who God is, we must remember who he is. You know what that tells me? That there's always going to be a temptation to forget. We're going to forget. Because you're going to come up into a situation that's going to rock your world. I promise you, it will happen. If you've got breath in your lungs, it's going to happen. You're going to come up against something that is going to challenge you, that's going to test you, and immediately your mind goes to that event or that situation, and you literally have to stop that motion and remember who God is. Some of you right now, you need to remember who God is. Some of you have forgotten who He is, and you made that problem bigger than Him. Now, here's the deal about remembering. You can only remember or recall something you once knew. This is the importance of preaching and teaching the Word. You've got to hear it. That's the importance of hearing the Word, reading the Word. You have to know it. So in that time, in that challenging time, the, the Holy Spirit can bring to your remembrance. He pulls out the little file cabinet, pulls out who he is, and shows you right there. Are you right? Right. So you need to know it before it can be recalled to your remembrance. Think about that. 
So in other words, so you need to know God from his word to be able to call upon him for healing, for protection, and all of the other benefits of salvation through Jesus Christ. Here's what you got to know. Faith begins where the will of God is known. If you don't know, you can't have faith. You can have a hope, but that's just a worldly hope. Remember I was talking about drinking the sewer water of worldly definitions? That's another one. Well, I hope it happens. No. Come on, somebody. Biblical hope means it's a confident expectation. And then faith is adding a booster to that, saying, I received. Are you following me? So biblical hope, again, is a confident expectation. You're looking, yes, yes, that's mine, that's mine. Then faith says, oh, I receive it before I see it in the natural. Amen? So faith begins where the will of God is known. So it's impossible to call out to God for healing if you don't know and are convinced he is willing to heal and deliver you. It's impossible to call out to God uh, for, in faith for provision if you don't know that he's willing to provide for you all your needs. Amen? See, you can't fully trust him unless you know his will. Unless you know his desires. Unless you know, I like this, his attributes. I like this. Unless you know his integrity. God has integrity. He stands by his word. He makes it very clear. So he's not the one who budges. We're the ones that step away from him. Are you following me? He is faithful. Amen. He is not a man that he should lie. Yep. We've all been beat up by other people, right? We've all been lied to. We all been put through the ringer. You know, we put our our faith in someone and they, they kicked us while we're down. I get it. But that's not God. God is not like that. Amen. Now, let's look at a passage that I've been mentioning the last couple. Finally, the Holy Ghost said, well, you just bring it up and show them. Go to Jeremiah 17. Look at this. Jeremiah 17. I've been bringing this up. So it's good to see it. Amen. Now, Jeremiah 17. Verses 5 through 8. Some of y'all got to do this. You got to open up and then go like this. Blow the dust out. Yeah. Okay. That's what you got to do. Let's just be honest about it. Amen. All right. Jeremiah 17, 5 through 8. Look at this. This is powerful now. Take hold of this. Thus says the Lord, cursed is the man or person who trusts in man and makes flesh or anything in the natural realm, his strength, whose heart departs from the Lord. For he shall be like a shrub in the desert and shall not see when good comes, but shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness. Parched means dry, like my mouth is getting right now. In a salt land which is not inhabited. Listen to this, though. Verse 7. Now we see a switch. Say, switch it up. This is the better part. Blessed is the man or person who trusts in the Lord, whose hope, whose hope is in the Lord. For he shall be like a tree planted by the waters, which spreads out its roots by the river and will not fear when heat comes. But its leaf will be green and will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor will cease from yielding fruit. What one do you want to be? Right? 
Cursed, listen to this. Cursed is the person who trusts in man, who, who makes flesh his strength, whose heart departs from the Lord. This is what I want to show you here. Trusting in anybody or anything other than God brings a curse. You following me? No, no, no. Listen, I, I'm talking about Christians. You turn to your neighbor, say he's talking about Christians. Thanks, you just bought me a couple seconds to take a drink. Appreciate it. Now, all these little tricks of preachers. Okay, so listen. Trusting in anybody or anything other than God brings a curse. Here's why. Because we were never created to live disconnected from our Creator. That's why it brings a curse. Anything that manifests a curse, that is something that we were never meant to have in our life. You understand? We were not created to do that thing or believe that thing. That's, you know, again, homosexuality, transgenderism, all of these things, right? It brings a curse because you're out of God's divine order. You're disconnected from him. And it brings a curse. Amen? So... A curse is the absence of the blessing. Just like darkness is the absence of light. Are you following me? Interesting, it's the kingdom of what? Darkness. Or the kingdom of light, right? Kingdom of God. So here's the deal. Your heart, my heart, determines where we put our trust. Your heart is your soul. Your mind, will, and emotions. Follow me here. Say, I'm following you. The soul, you could say it this way, the soul, your mind, will, and emotions, or your thought life, is the shifting point that determines you as a Christian whether you're going to live in the blessing or you're going to live in the curse. Because That's what your heart, when your heart's disconnected, you lost your focus on the Lord, and that invites a curse. Are you following me? So according to this passage, if you're trusting in man, you're trusting in the flesh, which is another way of saying anything in the natural realm, really. Your heart has disconnected from the Lord. Because of that disconnection of your heart or your soul, mind, will, and emotions, you are literally stepping outside of the blessing zone and inviting a curse into your life. I'm talking to Christians today. Oh, it's getting mighty quiet in here. Mighty, mighty quiet. Because the only thing, when you cut God out of the equation, there's only one other kingdom that steps in like a vacuum. The kingdom of darkness. There's only two kingdoms. What one do you want operating in your life? You will literally attract the kingdom of darkness in your life to curse you. Now, a curse means that you are summoning. I like this, this one. Put it, you're putting a demand on the wrong kingdom, on a wrong spiritual kingdom in your life, the kingdom of darkness. The Word of God makes it very clear that the blessing will depart from you because, very simple, very simple, your heart disconnected from the Lord. If your heart is disconnected from God right now, you're living under a curse. Are you following me? 
Here's the deal. How do you know if you are? Oh, I guarantee you, if you're living, if you're not happy with life and you're under curse, I guarantee you, I don't have to sit here and tell you, but I'll throw a couple things. If there's constant lack in your life of needful things, if there's a pattern of negative things happening in your life, you need to step back and see if and where your heart disconnected from God or trusting the Lord, or you invited something into your life that the Lord's not happy with. Are you following me? What are you trusting in other than God and his word? See, God takes it very personal when we don't trust him. Are you falling into the trap of anxiety and fear? That means your heart is connected into something other than God and his word. Why? Because it said that God is our peace. Jesus said, I leave peace with you. If you're not experiencing that peace, there's a disconnection in the pipe. Oh, my. There's a disconnection. A huge trap that many Christians fall into in their life is financial fear and anxiety. All right? I I just, I don't know. When I was writing this, the Holy Spirit put this on me. Listen to this. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it, but someone, listen to this. Many Christians stop giving to the kingdom of God because they have a fleshly mindset that they need to hold back in giving. Are you following me? Listen, come on, this is pastor talking. Come on, somebody. I don't need your money, by the way. Right? Listen. But that, but that is fleshly human thinking, and it leads to a curse. When you're holding back and not giving to the kingdom of God, that is simply a lack of trust as God being your provider. And that's called human wisdom. Come on, somebody. Sowing and reaping. If you're not sowing, don't expect to reap anything. Amen? Or the Holy Spirit said this. Are you ready? Or you're sowing in the wrong field. <laughs> you're either not sowing anything or you're sowing in the wrong field. Blessed is the man or person that trusts in the Lord, whose hope is in the Lord. Here's the deal. My general rule, personally, is this. If my giving to the kingdom of God doesn't make my flesh crawl or uncomfortable, it's not enough. Because faith should stretch us. It should make us, our flesh, feel uncomfortable. It should make your natural mind say, wow, you're pretty dumb. Well, you're stupid. You're really letting... Come on, somebody. Because here's why. Giving is an act of faith and trusting in in God and His Word. And by the way, God loves... This is what God adds. So tithing is still biblical because that happened before the law. And then there's offerings and there's alms are given to the poor. And then God God throws this. I love God's... uh, God's wisdom is so great. He throws this right in the middle of the New Testament. I love a cheerful giver. (laughs) Isn't he funny? He's great. So a lot of people say, well, it doesn't talk about a whole lot about tithing in the New Testament, blah, blah, blah. No, no. He's just saying it happened before the law. It's a thing that keeps on going. He didn't get rid of it. And, but he does throw in there, cheer up, buttercup, and give. <laughs> Think about that. Isn't that great? I love that. He loves a cheerful giver. I love making my flesh uncomfortable. That means that I'm strengthening my spirit man. Now, I went to a Benny Hinn conference in Detroit about 15 years ago. 
And the Holy Spirit spoke this just while Benny was ministering. He spoke this in my spirit. He said, give a $1,000 seed. And I was and all of a sudden my spirit jumped and did somersaults and my flesh said, are you crazy? Are you crazy? Now you got to remember when, that was when I was pastoring on the West side and my salary per year was 32, five. All right. With four, uh, two kids at that time. All right. So, I mean, so, you know, there was a struggle going on between the flesh and the spirit. It was crazy. So here's the deal. So I ended up doing it. And there was, right after I released it in the offering, like there was an excitement in my spirit. It, it like, like get ready. There, there was just an expectation. I knew it was the Holy Spirit telling me to do it. Amen? So when I let go of that offering, it was a seed. It dies. When it leaves your hand, it dies. Right? All right? I even though the flesh wanted to jump back and say, hey, wait a minute. Can you bring that back here a minute? I want to take it back. Right? Listen to this. When I got back to Big Rapids... The very next day, someone handed me a $3,000 check. The day after I gave that $1,000. The Holy Spirit went, oh, I feel the anointing. The Holy Spirit spoke these words in my spirit when that happened immediately. He said this, I am your provider. It pays to obey my voice and you will never outgive me. That's what the Holy Spirit said to me after that. So just know there is uh, there, you know, that is one area that people really have a problem, right? But I'm telling you, when you obey the word of God, there's going to be results. Amen. It always brings a blessing. But how do we reconnect our heart back? I'm going to move on with that with everyone that's uncomfortable with that, with that topic. Now, uh, so how do we reconnect our heart back to the Lord? Very simple. It says right in Jeremiah 17, by fully trusting in him and putting our hope in him. Go to Psalm 9, Psalm 910. Psalm 910. A lot of people can't stand when a pastor talks about money because they're thinking, oh, they're just talking about their church. They're trying to be manipulative. Oh, no, no, I don't care. In fact, you want to know something? I don't even know what anybody gives in this church. It's in the bylaws, right? It's in the bylaws that I don't even know. So if you give, you give an offering or something, and you're like, oh, this pastor, pastor doesn't know about it. Because I don't care. Because you want to know what my job is? To teach the word and minister. And I want to keep it at that. Amen? Hallelujah. Glory to God. So Psalm 9, I mean, we appreciate everyone who gives to this ministry. Trust me, right? It's being used for the glory of God. That's for sure. All right, here we go. Psalm 9, 10. It says, and those who know your name. There it is again. Say name. name. Those who, underline it, know your name. Know your name will put their trust in you. For you, Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. So we must know his name to be able to put our trust in him. We must be, why? Because faith begins where the will of God is known. We got to know who he is to be able to put our faith in him. And that, that, that just doesn't mean to know the name of Jesus or to know of the name. It means to know the attributes of his name, all the benefits of his name. That's what it's talking about. So I want you to notice the second part. Listen to this. If you are truly seeking God, he will not forsake you. Now, someone's hearing that and thinking, wait a minute, I'm a Christian. God's never going to forsake me, right? Well, it also says that he resists the proud. Doesn't it say that? That's talking to Christians. 
That's not talking to an unbeliever. That's talking to Christians. It literally says, if you have pride in your life, in your heart, that he will resist you. Resist you. You ever have that, husbands? You, you messed up with your wife or something, and you're trying to say, oh, honey, please, please. And she's pushing you away. She's put... Come on, somebody. I know I'm talking to some real couples in here. <laughs> Think about this now. So he said that pride will literally cause him to resist you. You're a stench in his nostril if you have pride in your life. But humility draws you close. Humility connects. Amen. So if you're truly seeking God, it says uh, he will not forsake you. So, so God forsaking you, listen to this, is not up to him. Follow me now for God forsaking you or saying, fine, you want to do it on your own? Have at it. We are the ones that determine if we want God to forsake us or not. Are you following me? It's dependent upon us seeking him or not. Did you catch that in that verse? It's de- God forsaking you is dependent on whether we are seeking him or not. So seeking them, seeking him means that you are putting an effort, say effort. You're putting in effort to know him more. You're putting in effort to maintain that personal relationship with him. Think about it this way. Have you ever met someone and all of a sudden, you know, you put an effort in that relationship. Man, you're all excited. You're gung-ho. You're on the phone four hours, man, from midnight to 4 a.m. Man, you can't get enough of this person. Come on, somebody. And you maintain that connection. But... In the course of time, come on, somebody, the effort stops. The effort stops in that connection. Goes like this. Bye-bye. Come on, somebody. The same is true in your relationship with the Lord. You feel like he's far away from you? He's not the one that moved. You did. He's right there waiting for you. In fact, if you repent, the word repent means to turn around. He's standing right there saying, I've been here the whole time waiting for you. Come on, somebody. We are to draw nigh to him and he will draw nigh to us. He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek or put effort with him. Those who put an effort into maintaining that spiritual connection with him. The Word of God is very clear that we are the ones that determine the level of intimacy in our walk with God. Go to Psalm 28, 7. I'm getting close to finishing up, real close. All right, uh, Psalm 28. Psalm 28, verse 7. You getting anything out of this? It, It always comes back to, in fact... You can listen to all my messages that I've ever preached since being born again. And somehow it always comes back to our responsibility. We have a part to play in this relationship with God. Amen. Psalm 28, 7. Look at this. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusted in him and I am helped. Therefore, my heart greatly rejoices... And with my song, I will praise him. So it says, God is my strength and my shield. He is my ability. He is my protector. My heart trusted in him, 
and I am helped. I want you to notice what the Holy Spirit's trying to say in here. Are you ready for this? It's saying that the psalmist was helped. Did you catch this? The psalmist was helped because he trusted in God. He had faith in God and who he was. In other words, it implies this. If he wouldn't have trusted in God, he wouldn't have been helped. Are you following that? Man, I'm telling you right now. We, I, it's just mind-boggling right now, all the things that are going through my head, that we can live in such a greater level of the anointing. We can live a life in the supernatural that would blow our minds. But it takes effort. It takes effort. That one spiritual experience I had in Big Rapids that one night when I got opened my eyes and, and I was seeing angels like lightning in a sanctuary. And oh my goodness. I mean, it was just unbelievable. I pressed in for that. That didn't just happen by accident. I sought God. I mean, it was 10 nights of prayer from, from 7 o'clock. Six of us, we stayed till minimum 3 a.m. in the morning. Walking, praying in tongues, praying in English, having music on, just praising the Lord. That's why it's so important when we have worship nights, when we're in praise and worship, we are creating a portal for His glory in this place. When you're doing that in your home, when you're reading the Word, when you have praise music on, you, His presence is being drawn into your home, into your life. I'm telling you right now, and it's powerful. I want to close this message with one more passage. Go to Psalm 146. Psalm 146. And God is no respecter of persons. Don't, don't say, yeah, but that's you. Yeah, that's Pastor James. No, 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 no. That's for every child of God. You can have that same experience. But how bad do you want it? What if I would have given up on the ninth night? Said, oh, nine nights of all this and nothing's happening. Come on, somebody. Press in for more. Press in for more. Psalm 146, 1 through 10. I'm going to close on this one. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, O my soul. While I live, I will praise the Lord. I will sing praises to my God while I have my being. Do not put your trust in princes, nor in a son of man in whom there is no help. His spirit departs, he returns to his earth. In that very day, his plans perish. Don't put it in any other human. Amen? Come on, that's what it's saying. Happy is he. Who wants to be happy? Who wants to be joyful? Happy is he who has the God of Jacob for his help, whose hope, whose confident expectation is in the Lord his God. That's what will shift it when your thought life, your focus is on him. Amen. On his promises. Who made heaven and earth, the sea and all that are in them. Whoever keeps truth forever. Who executes judgment for the oppressed. Who gives food to the hungry. The Lord gives freedom freedom to the prisoners. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord raises those who are bowed down. The Lord loves, here it is, righteousness. There is a reward for walking righteous before Him. The believing side and the behaving side. Amen? The, verse 9. The Lord watches over the strangers. He relieves the fatherless and widow. But the way of the wicked, he turns, here it is, upside down. The Lord, because it's bringing a curse. 
The Lord shall reign forever. Your God, O Zion, to all generations. Praise the Lord. I want to encourage every person listening to me right now to put your faith, put your trust in the name of the Lord. Disconnect your heart from any person, place, or thing that you are trusting other than God and His Word. The Word of God calls that an idol. Amen? Get rid of it. It's bringing a curse. Now, if you desire to live in the blessing zone as a Christian, a heart must connect, your heart must be connected to your Heavenly Father. You must lift Him up above everything else in your life. Amen? You will never be put to shame when you trust in Him. You will never lack for anything when your heart determines. Come on. That He is everything. And you submit to His Word and the promptings of the Holy Spirit. Trust in the name of the Lord. Trust in everything that His name, the name of Jesus represents. Don't allow, leave with this thought right now. I am not going to allow one blessing of who He is to pass me by in this life. Let's stand up in this place. Hallelujah. Prayer team, come on forward. Now, maybe there's someone in this place you've never made Jesus the Lord and Savior of your life. You are not in that tower. You have no access to that tower. But today you can have access to that tower by making Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of your life. By connecting to your Creator. If you've never made Jesus Lord of your life, I want you to come forward and pray with one of the prayer team members. Just do it. Make it official today. Don't leave here without doing that. Maybe you need to rededicate your life. Maybe you're one, you say, wow, when he mentioned uh, life being cursed, and I, 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 I'm a Christian. If that's you, come down and pray. Rededicate your life. Disconnect from everything that's not of God and reconnect with the will of God for your life. If you want to receive the Holy Spirit baptism with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, come forward. You need prayer for anything? Come forward. We're going to hear, We're here to minister to you. Amen? All right. Now, um, have a safe holiday weekend. Amen? Uh, remember, the Lord is watching everything that you're doing. Okay, there's my little... Um, what else? Is there anything else, guys? Any other uh, thing that... Oh, my podcast starts on the online radio station on Tuesday. It's the 4th of July. You can listen to it later, all right? But anyways, on those broad podcasts, by the way, I have the option to do a live broadcast. I can uh, do a talk show kind of a thing or put parts of my messages on. It's going to be good. We're going to make it good. So, all right, everyone. God bless you, visitors. Thanks for coming today. Have a great week. Yes. The what? Oh, yeah, the lock-in. The lock-in went great, right? How many kids did we have? Twelve kids were at the lock-in. Yes. And Marianne and I, we stopped in for a couple hours, and I'm like, wow, this, this uh, fellowship hall was totally rearranged into like a youth center. So it was a blessing. Thanks to everyone that did that. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, God bless you all. You guys have a great week. Love you. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.